Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome to a history of Europe. Key battles. The Battle of Rio Salado, part two of three. I will begin this episode with a brief recap of the history of the interaction between Spain and North Africa, especially the region around the Strait of Gibraltar. For centuries, the Strait served not so much as a barrier between Europe and Africa, but as a bridge between the two continents. For example, in Roman times, Morocco was part of the Diocese of Spain. Later, in the 6th century, the Visigoths, based in Toledo in central Spain, also asserted claims to land across the Strait of Gibraltar, although it is difficult to know the extent of their authority there. Then in 711, the Muslims traversed the Strait during their successful invasion of the peninsula. Thereafter, communication between Al-Andalus and Morocco was continuous, with a steady flow of warriors, farmers, craftsmen and merchants. When the Christians began to gain the upper hand over the Muslims of Spain, after the fall of Toledo in 1085, a tribe of North Africans named the Almoravids crossed the strait to attempt to reinvigorate Islam on the peninsula. For a short time, the Almoravids were in charge of an empire that spanned both Al-Andalus and northwestern Africa. Having failed to successfully counter the Christian advance, the Almoravids began to decline. They were replaced by an equally fanatical tribe of Muslims named the Almohads, who, like the Almoravids before them, rose to power in Morocco before invading Spain. For a while, it looked as if the Almohads would recreate a powerful Muslim power in southern Spain, but they suffered a devastating defeat at the Battle of Las Navas de Tolosa in 1212. Two decades later, the Almohads were under serious threat from internal revolt throughout their empire, especially from a rival tribe called the Beni Marin, or Marinids. The Marinids initially submitted to the Almohads, under whom they fought, including against the Christians of Spain. Later, though, they started to assert themselves as a new political power. The Marinid-Almohad relationship became strained from 1215, since when there were regular outbreaks of fighting between the two parties. Between 1229 and 1235, the Almohads lost control of modern-day Tunisia and Algeria to separate dynasties, respectively the Hafsids and the Zayanids. And in 1248, the Marinids, after inflicting a devastating defeat on the main Almohad army, took control of the area of modern-day Morocco. The outcome of all this turmoil was that North Africa became more politically fragmented. The Marinid dynasty controlled only Morocco, while rival dynasties held separate power bases in respectively modern-day Algeria and Tunisia. As for Marinid interests in Spain, there was no question that they had the ambition to copy their predecessors and expand their control into Al-Andalus. 
Likewise, the Christian kingdoms of Spain, most notably Castile and Aragon, confident from recent conquests, were intent on expanding their own territories. Conflict was inevitable, and the key strategic area was the Strait of Gibraltar. And so the subsequent series of events which unfolded are referred to by the historian Joseph O'Callaghan as the Gibraltar Crusades. The key moment in the struggle for control of these waters took place in the 1340s, when a Christian army besieged the city of Algeciras, located on the western side of the Bay of Gibraltar. Today, Algeciras is one of the largest and busiest ports in Europe, and it was no less important in medieval times. The Christians recognised they needed to control the area, specifically the ports of Tarifa, Algeciras and Gibraltar which were potential invasion routes for Moroccans into the peninsula. Once this was accomplished, they hoped to isolate the last remaining Islamic state in Spain, the Kingdom of Granada, and deprive her of the possibility of receiving aid from their fellow Muslims. But in this period, neither of the two main protagonists, the Kingdom of Castile, nor the Marinid dynasty of Morocco, were strong enough to attempt a serious invasion. The delicate balance of power was exploited skillfully by the Nasrid dynasty, who ruled Granada, the last Muslim state on the Iberian Peninsula. This small sultanate lay south of the river Guadalquivir, stretching from the Strait of Gibraltar on its western border to the city of Almeria on its eastern side. Morocco was also a target of expansion for Alfonso X of Castile. The principal justification was the defence of Castile, to prevent North Africa being used once again as a launch pad for invasion into Spain. In addition, the more zealous Christians were eager to spread their religion into North Africa, at a time when crusading fever was not as high as the previous century, but still very actively promoted by the papacy. An opportunity arose for Alfonso X in September 1260, when the government of Saleh, an ancient town on the Atlantic coast, was preparing to revolt against the Marinids, and called on Castile for help. When the Spanish arrived, the townsmen first assumed they had either come for trade or to help their cause. Instead, the town was pillaged, and anyone who stood in their way murdered. When the Marinid sultan hastened to the rescue, the Castilians withdrew. After setting fire to the city, they made their escape. Alfonso was highly displeased by the expedition. He had achieved very little except provoking the enmity of the Marinids and the people of Saleh. The main goal of Alfonso X in this period was to broaden Castilian access to the sea. To this aim, between 1260 and 1262, he managed to gain possession of the ports of Cadiz and Huelva, which lie on the Atlantic coast between Portugal and Seville. He also hoped to acquire the ports of Gibraltar and Tarifa, but when he demanded that Ibn al-Amar, king of Granada, yield them to him, he was refused. Although he was prepared to pay tribute to the Castilians each year, he realised that if Castile gained control of the states of Gibraltar, he would no longer be able to summon aid from his fellow Muslims in Morocco, and his kingdom would inevitably be absorbed by Castile. Then in 1264, Bin Alamar decided to challenge Alfonso X. With the help of both local Muslims and a contingent provided by the Marinids, he had organised a major revolt across southern Castile. With great effort, Alfonso put down the rebellion, but from then on, relations between Granada and Castile were severely strained. 
In the next decades, whenever Castile appeared threatening, the Granadans were usually able to gain assistance from their fellow Muslims across the shores or to stoke up rebellion among the Muslims of Castile. Likewise, when the Marinids threatened Granada, its citizens were not averse to allying with the Christian Castilians or Aragonese to help maintain their independence. During one Moroccan invasion in 1275, Infante Fernando de la Serda, heir to the throne while defending the kingdom, fell ill and died. His death was a terrible blow for Castile and would end up provoking a succession crisis. According to the principle of primogeniture, Fernando de la Serda's oldest son, Alfonso, was entitled to recognition as heir to the throne but this had never been stated clearly as the law of the land. On the other hand, Fernando's younger brother, Sancho, claimed that as the king's oldest surviving son, he was the rightful heir. Alfonso X sided with his young grandson, but most of the nobles of the land supported the claim instead of Sancho, and it was he who eventually succeeded to the throne, though only after much fighting between supporters of the two rivals. The dispute weakened the kingdom of Castile during the last years of Alfonso, made worse by the king's frequent bouts of illness. And then in the first years of the reign of Sancho, known to history as King Sancho IV the Brave. Joseph O'Callaghan in A History of Medieval Spain sums up the reign of Alfonso X, saying one can only regret that he, quote, was an admiral, scholar, poet, Legist, historian, scientist, a truly learned man, but was not an equally gifted statesman and politician. End quote. Henry Edward Watts, in his book The Christian Recovery of Spain, backs up this view. On the one hand, there were several cultural achievements encouraged by the king during his reign. Alfonso's scientific interest, he sometimes nicknamed the astrologer, led him to sponsor the creation of the Alphonsine Tables, which provided data for computing the position of the sun, moon and the planets relative to the fixed stars. In addition, Alfonso also sponsored the writing of the Cronica General, the first great history of Spain, and also the compilation of new law codes. His reign, politically, was neither disastrous nor particularly successful. Christian control over the newly conquered lands was consolidated, and small territorial gains were made. But at least, seen in hindsight, Alfonso was foolish to waste so much time and energy on claims to become Holy Roman Emperor, which was never very likely to succeed, and also to insist on supporting his grandson Alfonso's claim to the throne. It seems his stubbornness and failure to realise what was achievable all too often clouded his judgement. The consequence was civil war at the end of his reign. Sancho IV, the Brave, 1284-95, aged 26 at his accession, was a courageous ruler, confronted with numerous problems. His nephew, Alfonso de la Cerda, challenged his right to rule, while at the same time the Marinids were threatening to invade from Morocco. In his short reign he put down all rebellions, and defended his realm successfully against the Africans. His greatest achievement, though, was the conquest of the strategically important port of Tarifa in 1292, and the successful defence of the town against the Marinids two years later. Sancho died of an illness at the age of only 36. Shortly before dying, he appointed his wife, Maria de Molina, to act as regent for his nine-year-old son, Fernando IV. 
the accession of a young boy to the throne through Castile into turmoil. Fortunately for Alfonso, his mother, Maria de Molina, a woman of great strength of character, skilfully protected the interests of her son against the machinations of various nobles who hoped to exploit the situation to their own advantage. Most notably, the king's cousin, Alfonso de la Gerda, a son of the eldest son of Alfonso X, fought to claim the throne that he believed was rightfully his. A sense of unease prevailed along the frontier towns, whose citizens feared that a royal minority left them vulnerable to Muslim attack. It was Castile's Christian neighbours, however, who proved to become the greatest threat. The focus of the Kingdom of Aragon had in the previous decades been diverted towards conquest in the Mediterranean, most notably the takeover of Sicily in 1282. But in 1296, Jaime II of Aragon turned his attention to opportunities for expansion into Spain. He organised a coalition which included the rebel Alfonso de la Cierda and also King Denis of Portugal, with the purpose of dismembering Castile. The Allies invaded from all directions, while at the same time Granada besieged Tarifa. Castile was in deep trouble, but its leaders responded well. Firstly, peace was made with King Denis of Portugal by ceding minor border territories. Then, in September 1301, the majority of Castilian nobles gave up the struggle when Maria de Molina persuaded Pope Boniface VIII to legitimate her children, therefore removing any legal pretext to the rebellion. Shortly afterwards, in December of the same year, Fernando IV, now 16 years of age, reached his majority and enthusiastically took for himself the reins of power. The first major act of the king was to conclude a peace with Granada in 1303. The Muslims renewed their vassalage, agreeing to pay at the same level of tribute as they had in the time of Sancho IV. Jaime of Aragon, recognising that his coalition against Castile had by now collapsed, made peace with Fernando in 1304. Peace was completely restored to Castile when Alfonso de la Cerda agreed to renounce his claims to the throne in exchange for an extensive patrimony, ending a conflict that had afflicted the kingdom for nearly three decades. The Marinids were during this time preoccupied with trying to conquer the city of Tlemcen in today's northwestern Algeria from a rival Muslim dynasty. The King of Granada took advantage of this act, plus the peaceful situation in Spain. He launched an invasion into North Africa and in 1307 captured the city of Theuta. This important port, which lies directly opposite Gibraltar, is today a possession of Spain. The strong position in the Strait of Granada and its leader's aggressive attitude caused great concern among its neighbours. Fernando of Castile responded by abandoning his pact with Granada and prepared to join a coalition against them with Aragon and the Marinids. The events described here demonstrate how the relations between the regional powers of Castile, Aragon, Granada and the Marinids of Morocco seem to shift as often as the desert sands of the Sahara. The balance of power in the Strait of Gibraltar was so delicately poised so that the conquest of a strategic town by one local ruler could trigger a reaction from all the others. Likewise, any perceived weakness of any of the rulers or their preoccupation with matters elsewhere would readily be exploited by their neighbours. The situation was complicated by the fact that there was no longer one supreme Islamic power, as in the days of the Caliphate of Cordova or the Almoravids. In these days, the local Muslim rulers in Granada, Morocco, Algeria or Tunisia fought each other regularly for local supremacy.
also Christians were as likely to fight other Christians as they were against Muslims. The Pope and the church officials in Spain did their best to try and persuade the Christian orders and nobles to concentrate their aggression on the infidels. Papal approval was critical to the success of any military campaign, since only once it was officially approved as a worthy crusade could the orders be allowed to collect the taxes required to fund it. In 1309, the Marinids of Morocco recaptured Ceuta. At the same time, Castile and Aragon launched a joint attack on Granada, besieging Gibraltar, Algeciras and Almeria. In the end, the only significant success of the campaign was the fall of Gibraltar to the Castilians. Joseph O'Callaghan, in A History of Medieval Spain, quotes a Spanish chronicle, which poignantly expresses the plight of the Spanish Muslims. An old man, evacuated from Gibraltar, is to have said to the king, quote, My lord, why do you drive me hence? When your great-grandfather, King Fernando, took Seville, he drove me out, and I went to live at Hereth, he drove me out, and I went to live at Tarifa, thinking that I was in a safe place. Your father, King Sancho, came and took Tarifa and drove me out, and I went to live here at Gibraltar, thinking that I would not be in any safer place in the whole land of the Moors. But now I see that I cannot remain in these places, so I will go beyond the sea and settle in a place where I can live in safety and end my days. End quote. The Castilians were now in the ascendancy, and in 1312 their young king, while preparing again for war, fell ill and died suddenly. At the time of his death, Fernando IV was only 28 and left an infant son, Alfonso XI, who succeeded him at the age of precisely one year and 20 days. The kingdom once more had to endure a minority and the rebellions which traditionally ensued. And once more, Maria de Molina, the grandmother of the new king, stepped in to protect her family. She was recognised as official regent alongside her son Pedro and brother-in-law Juan. While she endeavoured to curb disorder and prevent the outbreak of rebellion, Pedro and Juan took advantage of a civil war in Granada to seize several border fortresses. Next week, the culmination of the Gibraltar Crusades and the Battle of Rio Salado, 1340. As ever, feel free to contact me either on Facebook or the blog www.historyeurope.net on Twitter, at History Europe KB, that's the letters K and B, or write directly to carl at historyeurope.net. In addition, it would be great if you could find a few moments to give the podcast a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join me again next week for the Battle of Rio Salado. Until then, have a great week, and goodbye.